Hello and good evening. My name is Josh and I'm joined as always by Aaron and Bob and this week by the Berserker Bear himself, Dustin. We the folks who can help you find the method of the madness, reason and the unreasonable, make sense out of nonsense because this is okay. Hear me out. Aaron, Bob, Dustin, how y'all doing this evening? How's it going? I'm good. Thanks for having me on. That song was <laughs> deranged. <laughs> the part that the part that blew my mind, other than the fact that she frames her fat square face with those shitty bangs, the part that blew my mind was her drinking the vaccine out of the thing. Like <laughs> these people really started like just the craziest cult you've nope. ever seen in your entire life. Wait, that that's that's the business that's the opportunity right now is um you know how sometimes there'll be like novelty shots uh in in the form of um like you know a, a shot as it were at a bar oh my you god they're gonna capitalize on that. yeah 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 like i'm I, right right now is the perfect time to be just selling those at a premium Josh, constantly everywhere i i'm normally i hate every idea you've ever had but selling <laughs> fucking hypodermic needle shot glasses to retards in bars right now would make you a billion dollars <laughs> like one well, billion dollars uh, just in like the metropolitan areas, actually, like selling it to like New York, Los Angeles, like Seattle. <laughs> like, yeah, you can make some pretty good money. Write like, that down. <laughs> this show can't come out until you patent that immediately. <laughs> this is our exit <laughs> strategy for the show. <laughs> so, Dustin, uh, how'd you like that? You like I was that number. I was a fan. It was great. It was good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have one more too don't we bob do you have that other one queued up wait wait there are two uh no. yes uh, bob you find while, while bob is finding that uh dustin you run a youtube channel uh bushwhacking history in buffalo can you give us a quick pitch of what it's all about sure uh first of all thanks for having me on the show aaron guys um of course humbled honored and uh cool thing no, seriously thank you for coming on that's that's love having you yeah, it should have been sooner for sure, but um, uh, is what it is, right? So yeah, thanks very much. And yeah, I have um, bushwhacking history in Buffalo. It was something that I started out doing with interest in, like the you know alternative history that channels I've watched, like you know Autodidactic and Michelle Gibson, Philip Druzinen, those type of uh, John Levi, UAP Martin Leitka, um. And I started. I love John Levy and and Martin Ledka or Leitka or however you say his name. Martin. I've never pronounced it correctly. Leitka. I don't even know. How. <laughs> Those are great. Like so, yeah, you have something similar like that. Like you're trying to dissect what the real kind of story is because you know that like most history is not the full picture. That's the thing. So that's kind of a loaded question there, dude. Like so, I've kind of maybe come a little bit 180 <laughs> on that now because it's so convoluted if you will his story so yeah i was um i started when i was watching those videos and i'm like wow you know i i noticed you know we have this kind of architecture and those similar characteristics here in buffalo like you know uh street level windows uh ones that go on angles and you're like wow wh why is that you know I've, I've actually noticed that my whole life here i'm sure you probably have too aaron um you have these windows that are like recessed in and you're like, well, we have snow here. You know, we deal with it on the lake with the boom, the ice boom, the freeze thaw. You know, I'm not an architectural engineer or anything or um, architect, but why would you build windows 
ground level in a freestyle climate. You know, not so, only that, but what what he's talking about too, just to like describe it, is like it's not like those half basement windows. It's like a full pane window that's just half buried underground. That's oh, the same as the other windows. Like, so it. it yeah, I was imagining the half basement. Yeah. Yeah. So you imagine you have like a regular window, and it's like a like on a big brick building or something. It's like a four foot tall window, and it and how many feet is that off the ground? A couple feet off the ground at least, and that window is like half buried under the ground as the ground level of the building. So it's still a full window, but it's under the ground, right? And the ground comes halfway up that. So it's like, it's like it got buried in like four feet of dirt or something. It appears that, and that's what people deduce when they see stuff like that, that it was, oh, and that's where that term comes from, like a mud floor, because it looks like there was a, it looks like it was inundated with mud, right? Because there is, now, is it the, is it the substructure? Is it the foundation? This is what people are bouncing back and forth. And like saying, well, it's it's a mud flood. See, I, I necessarily didn't buy into the whole mud flood concept to begin with because it's like one of the the tenets of it is like it's a whole realm wide or, or worldwide global liquefaction thing. It happened at one time, and as I got into it more, I I don't necessarily think that really. Um, I think that it was more orchestrated and sandboxed, if you will. And I think time is a little bit more longer than we're told. That incorporates the reset stuff. But uh, yeah, I, I got into it with that, uh, noticing stuff around my, my neighborhood and my, my city, Buffalo. Aaron can attest to it. And I'm like, man, I got to get out and get this stuff out there. You know, I got to, I felt compelled to um, videotape it. And with all the, the, we have so many churches here in Buffalo. It's such an old city in that sense that, there's a church around every corner, and I actually found an article. I'll put it out in one. Actually, I did put it in one of my videos. I forget which one. That it, it it attests to the fact that Buffalo is as like per capita or per density, like some of the um, highest uh, like churches around, and a bunch of different benevolent institutions also. So, I just had aimed to like video log it all, you know, and parallel that with like the the mud flood and the Tartaria. You know, people call it Tartaria everything and i had it it's it was kind it's kind of becoming like a sacred cow if you will you know like cliche what do you mean well everybody's saying tartaria like everyone i go on these certain these up offshoot channels that just pop up out of nowhere and like they begin they be, start watering down the product if you will start calling like a parking oh start calling like you're getting structure. like almost like like if it, you yeah is it where you're getting like the uh you're getting people coming in with like stuff that has almost no foundation to what their theory is like kind of like with like flat earth where if you if you just search flat earth you get like a a floating space pancake of earth like out, out in the middle of outer space which no one believes so you're like why are they like why does this person even have this channel they're just like it's just misinformation it's kind of like that like it's funny you say that because matt that's what I was talking with Matt about because I reached out to him on that level of like, because I, I hear, I heard him talk at the flat earth conference on the, on um, some channels, maybe Jaronism or probably Jaronism. And um, I'm like, cause he was talking about that, not infighting really, but muddying the water. For example, like somebody will call something that's blatantly Romanesque architecture 
like Tartarian or call a parking structure Tartarian. And it's just like, no, like we have to be more professional about it if we want to be, yeah. if we want to advance the research, because that's what I'm all about. So to strike that back with Buffalo, Buffalo seems to be like a good epitome city that is a good example for all of the different facets we see. It's got like the, the mud flooded buildings, you know, um, the, the reset thing, the burning of Buffalo back in 1812, like we talked about. And, um, you know, that's got all the architecture that you would say Tartarian, but I have these old, I have a bunch of old books. So I'm blessed with the fact that my, I have, I was like, um, all these books that you see are from my grandfather and I was gifted some by a close friend, but a lot of these books are like architectural books that I have that detail exactly what the architecture is that we're seeing, whether it's Greek, whether it's Moorish, whether it's Romanesque, whether it's Gothic. So that's what I like to use it against, you know? And um, yeah, you can say Tartaria is more like a, like a blanket term, if you will, like how mainstream uses barbarian to like, to like like to identify like Vercingetorix or Attila the Hun to the Roman state, they would be considered barbarians because they're other. You know, in Asia, they have Gaijin, or Japan, it's Gaijin, you're other. But they're two different types of cultures, two different types of people. It's a blanket term. So it kind of became that, you know, Tartari architecture, understandable. But now it's all like, well, this is an architecture, this is mud flood. There's a lot of infighting. And like you were saying, Aaron, and it's kind of similar to what was happening with Flat Earth. Like they kind of muddy the water purposely. It's like agent provocateur ish if you will i've always send it off a cliff you know like q or whatever yeah i've always thought of tartaria is like um so like for anyone that doesn't know just a quick overview tartaria is like shows up on 16th century maps is like it shows up in the encyclopedia britannica like it's a a well-recorded you know place and people not as well recorded as you think though because how they how it's mainstream put is just like Oh, it's just this region, and it's kind of the remnants of the Mongol Empire and and some sporadic Russians, and don't worry about it. But then you look at old maps, you'll have these 16th century maps where it covers, like, all of Asia, like, the entirety of the Mongol Empire, as we learn about it in the, you know, uh, eleven late 1100s and all the way through the 1200s. And then it also covers, like, the entire western half of North America. In, in, like, every map in, like, the 1500s. So, it, it's one of those things where you never really learned about it. And uh, people, though, use it as a blanket term for, like, old buildings that we don't 100% think we know the origin of. Bingo. That's and so, bingo. That's yeah. That's a plan. Like, like, apply barbarian to, like, that of architect. Like, oh, it's old world. Ah, like Tartarian, you know what I mean? Meanwhile, it might show shades of like Romanesque or uh, Greek. It's just like a flippant thing. You say like, oh, Tartarian, you know what I mean? But that that was magnified to the whole aspect of it being like cliche now. So in that aspect, I had to be, to be my own harshest critic, slay that sacred cow, you know? And it's like at a very base level, it looks like Buffalo is an older city, important city. I see there's a henge down at the old star fort, you know, the, we're the only city in the Northeast. This is some gravy right here, guys, of all the Northeastern cities in the, um, at Chicago, Boston, Philadelphia, even New York city. 
Buffalo is legitimately the only one that has a, a, a legitimate um, sunset over water because we have the 200-mile corridor of Lake Erie, and every so often you get that sunset right over the water. So, Is there any significance to a sunset over water or a particular meaning to absolutely. that? Absolutely. Esoterically, especially in those older religions with the sun and the water, uh, as above, so below. Yeah, unbelievably um Oh. Unbelievably important with the whole water and um and the the eye of Horus over water. Yes, it's uh Okay, okay. That's making sense time. now. Big time. I had no idea. I didn't even think about that actually. Holy hell. Do you have a specific example from um from Buffalo, like a a specific building or something like that that people like a listener could go and look up? Because I, I know for I've looked at it very in a short amount of time but buffalo has some beautiful architecture some beautiful buildings all around very old city um do you have a, a particular one that you'd like us to like look into real quick or the listeners yeah you can uh, look, i will look up the uh, the basilica uh the buffalo basilica uh, it, well it's it's okay. lackawanna basilica and um it's just south of the city in lackawanna and um, it also has to do with Father Baker, and we could talk about that, Aaron, and the whole thing with, <laughs> with, with orphans, okay? And this is a really weird thing about Buffalo, because we have this history about uh, Father Baker, and he was centered in the Basilica of, um, there you go, Our Lady of Victory Basilica. Now, I did a show Holy on... Holy shit, now, that's beautiful. Now, I did a show on this. Now, there's an anomaly here, because... They say this was built from scratch when it was built, but there's pictures of an old red brick building right in that spot that I found, but there's nothing mentioned of it. Huh. So it seems to me, in my opinion, that what when they say they're constructing something from the ground up, it may just be refaciding over some old red brick stuff. And I think that that's what they did here. And Father Baker was in charge of all that. He was also in charge of all the orphan, the orphanage here in Buffalo. Now, let me uh, pass this to Aaron. What, did, what were we told when we were kids if we were bad in Buffalo? Who, where, where were we going to get sent? Yeah, you get sent to Father Baker. They would say that all the time. That's it. What? A- everybody, from, <laughs> everybody from my Aunt Sally, who that guy says he knows, to that guy, that owner of that architectural I don't know if you were here for that, Aaron. I got that uh, interview coming up with the guy who owns the architectural site on Skillin, dude. Uh, that oh, okay. you know, you drive down Skillin, you see that that lion, that plaster lion out in front of that uh, where it's got all those old facade things. Dude, my I actually don't know that er- that area. Okay, I don't uh, know where that is. Okay, yeah, because you're you're in Clinton. Okay, so you're near Clinton. So um, yeah, I'm gonna I have an interview set up with this guy who owns the plaster casting company. We're gonna talk about the Pan Am and the Chicago World's Fair stuff. So. Um. Yeah, where was I going? You know what's funny is that's like I, I notoriously. That. Well, no, hold on. That that the the plaster and the World Fair and stuff is notoriously our worst episode by far. It's almost unlistenable because it's so boring. <laughs> well, I got an it, interview it was a coming lot of up. Fun. It's a big thing. It's a big question. Was is this? So that's the thing. Now I I see old foundation. There's old foundations leveled off. And there's new buildings built on top, and uh, there's a you, you won't find an, a cornerstone in Buffalo prior to 1813 because Buffalo and Black Black Rock were burned down in 1812 in the War of 1812. 
Okay. Um, oh, really? So that's a good that's a good signpost to look back to. Okay. And there are foundations that are level up. There's old foundations. So at the time they said it was burnt, though it wasn't. The city of Buffalo wasn't that big, and these old foundations are all the way from North Buffalo all the way to South Buffalo. It's kind of weird. Like the area seems to have been way bigger. And they may have just raised it all and then created a new story afterward. I don't know. I mean, that's really out there, but it it's plausible because when I go to these places and research the history of them, because I go there and get video and then I research and I dig out all the history that I can add it like a visceral internet web search, you know, where you guys can do it too. And I show what I'm doing in my video and you, you uh, pop out anomalies. This state doesn't add up or doesn't match up with this article. And then with the Basilica, it says it was built from scratch, at least per the mainstream, for what I extrapolated. But it actually looks like they built around an old red brick building. And uh, so Do you have a video on your channel on the Basilica? Have you done that yeah, yet? Oh, yeah. It's Father Baker and the orphans, too. Okay, perfect. Yeah, <laughs> so it, for a deeper dive into that and you know visuals and all of that. and uh, Big time. Of course, again, check out Bushwhacking uh, History in Buffalo. And then, of course, do your own research and look at photos and see see what's going on there. Um, I want to take a step back and uh, give a bit broader. Oh, yes. One thing about the Basilica, I think I think it's that I think it's that building. But um, during the World's Fair in Buffalo, uh, William McKinley was assassinated there. He he didn't die like right on the spot, but he died like from his wounds like a few days later or something when it. Uh, they like got the an infection. Well, no, I think he was in the. I think that's where he was when he got shot. I think that's the building. Don't quote me on this. You have, I have to look it up. But might have been the music hall. Apparently, was it the music hall? Maybe because I think there's a pane from the. There's a. They took this glass pane out of the building he died in, and they like donated it to somebody that was part of like the World's Fair. Like there's somebody like took that as like a weird like death memento from mckinley getting shot it's i have to i have to look up exactly what that is sorry but i didn't know if you gravy. knew anything about that story but no I that's gravy like, though can we backtrack to what the hell the story is with the priests and the orphans I mean, like, oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> yes explain father baker and the orphans what what's the uh What's the ominous tale behind that? So the story goes is at the uh, turn of the last century, at the end of like the uh, late 1800s, early 1900s, because of the way cities grow. This is literally what they say in, in the articles that I read in this video. The same uh, things that we're facing today in cities, like overpopulation or whatever, in cities, city centers, uh, like they, they cite like crime and they cite like uh, uncleanly um, and there's a lot of people who would, would um, get rid of their babies and like the canals and stuff. And they cite that reason for there being a lot of orphans. It's uh, it, it doesn't really make sense. That's what I'm saying. Like this, the same things that we have facing our society today, they cite as being mm -hmm. um, the, uh, the nexus of where all the orphans came from. And you read it and you're like, well, I mean, what does that doesn't make it's not sense. really an explanation. Well, that's a, that's a question. Do we have a lot of orphans today, like or kids in uh, foster homes? I I'm just not as familiar. That's with a good that. question. It'd be a good thing to look up. Um, it's like it, it could just be in in the cities. It's 
consistently issue over the last hundred years. I, I don't, I don't know. Good point. Yeah, or, it yeah. could be. It, it seems like it was a lot more uh, prevalent back in the day because they have to, they had to have yeah. institutions. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So that's where that's where Father Baker comes in because you have these benevolent institutions who will oh we'll take them and process them and you know raise them well. Meanwhile, who knows what's going? What, you know who you know who could ever imagine? Exactly. Right? Um, I'll cite the movie Primal Fear with Richard Gere and uh, Ed Norton. Phenomenal movie, absolutely phenomenal movie. Be wary if you do watch it; it's quite graphic, but that's a really good movie. Um, that's the kind of stuff what? that could possibly happen. Yeah, actually, situation. now that you say that, um, when's the last time you guys drove by an orphanage? Do they even like exist at all? Like, I don't. Well, uh, since the state took it over, it's just child protective services these days, right? Mostly now it's just foster care in most cities. Yeah, you know what it is. They get rid of all their they get rid of all their excess orphans at uh, Comet Ping Pong. Well, that's interesting, uh, guys. Listen, so 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 initially it was the benevolent institutions. Now it's been corporatized to the corporations. Effectively, it seems like you know, um, it's been or or not the corporations. The the state has taken it now, right? legitimize it if mm-hmm. you will yeah. that's a great insight right there yeah it's like now it's now yeah, it's, it's foster a, a care. terrifying right it is yeah it's just morphed right <laughs> so they just they just changed the label of it right and hit it so yeah it's happening at a different capacity if you will now you know wow it's gravy in, so, in a much sad one instance yeah. uh recently my my mom had taught a lifeguarding cpr course for the staff at a um it, it was a joint uh juvenile detention center and um orphanage or like you know some other term for it uh in tennessee so that to an extent you know fulfilled that role but yeah yeah as far as um you know the the system goes it it definitely isn't a different form today than uh you know historically that's funny you bring up that example um my wife did an internship at the children's psych psych center also here in buffalo just outside of buffalo oh okay so she did it for an internship and it She's seen some pretty serious cases, young kids, God bless. Yes. But yeah, so you can just see that they kind of put a different face on the same the same thing. And then that, gets, that comes into the whole child, um, I guess, you know, trafficking, trafficking realm. Yeah, yeah, very dark stuff. So that's what, yeah, th- that's what it kind of could have been back in. So, you know, Aaron, you know, a lot, there's a lot of Buffalo Bills bars around other cities. You know, we kind of seem to have a, a big... And it's weird because I kind of get a sense where Buffalo may have been an epicenter for those orphan trains back in the day because you incorporate Father Baker being such a prominent figure with that and orphans, you know. We talked about orphan trains for a second, but we haven't gotten done a deep dive on that. I have to I have to like learn more about those. I, I, my capacity well, yeah, yeah, so, is for, yes. What is the story? What, what did he do? He ran an orphanage out of the, uh, Basilica or, um, something of, of that sort of the nature. It was set up as a boy's home, you know, for a, a, a reformatory it, okay. originally. And it was a big, huge yeah. complex, you know, it kind of seems to be like it was a thing back in the day, like boys town, the movie, you know, it's kind of like a common, um, theme like back in the day, like almost like the whole psych center thing. But yeah. A reformatory for boys' school, also uh, for like an incubator place for the for babies, like an infirmatory, not an infirmatory. I for oh wow, um, I forget what they're called. Nursery, yeah, nursery, yeah, that too. So it's almost like that. Were they were they rearing them? I don't know. So what they would do is because there were so many orphans, because of the nature of society, you know, there that's what the, yeah. the excuses <laughs> they give. They had to be dealt with, and the benevolent institution step in and do it. So it was a boys' reformatory, a boys' school. 
and um, and he would process them and send orphans out to other areas when they were designated um, sanctioned by the Catholic Church because it's all sanctioned in back to the papacy in, in Rome from from uh, from uh, especially from the basilica. It wasn't uh, Father Baker wasn't ordained a saint, but he was uh, just underneath that. I, I forget. So he'd literally go to like the orphanage, and then they'd be like, "All right, he's good now. We've beaten him into shape. Send him to a factory in Cincinnati, possibly." Yeah. yeah so it was when, when they well, send them out, did they send them to like uh, you know churches or just out throughout the country? Like, what, what's the situation? Were they sent out for labor? Sent out as sex slaves? Sent out as what? Well, that's like how do I? How would you ever know that information? They're just getting sent to those other parishes, and. Because they were either getting adopted, I believe, or because they were going to that reform school in that city. And that's where it comes in, where the paperwork, we don't really know. Because if there's nothing that's really, it, the trail goes cold after that at, at a visceral web search. You know what I mean? Um, because we're just trying to, I'm just trying to put out the, the at face value. Going into it a little deeper, um, it's just speculation, dude. Just like everything. You know, it's like we don't know those answers, and it's just it's super weird. It does seem to have been a narrative back then, but the the end result of it is, I mean, to to look back at it in in hindsight, probably just to send kids out and get them out in other places and diffuse the diffuse the population and confuse our our our, our memory is a, a collective culture. I don't I don't know, man. That's a great makes point. makes enough sense. Uh, what when like your parents would say or when somebody would say, um something to the effect of, you know, send you off to Father Baker's or whatever, however it's phrased. What, what was the implication? Like, what was the sentiment there? Just so you're going to be sent away? Yeah, it's just more like, we're, I'm going to send you to the orphanage. It's more like, if you're bad enough, we're going to send you to Father Baker where you'll be a dirty orphan the implication was you're going to get life. Yeah, the implication was you're going to get reformed by going to Father Baker. He's going to ship and shape you up. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So it's a, a military school sort of uh, That's threat. Like, exactly. Yeah, kind of a threat, you know, like shape up, you know, but or you're going to get sent to Father Baker, you know. And I'm, I'm telling you, if you're born uh, before a certain date, maybe like 83, 84, maybe, you were told that, like even to boomer level, to boomer age. Ain't it, Aaron? For sure. Uh, yeah, that's that's always what my uncles would it's get fucking told. Nuts. They all went to Catholic school around here, William, William and Mary. So... What, Josh, what were you going to say? Take a step back on. Oh, yeah, I was just going to. Uh, no, yeah, I, I just wanted to um, take a step back. And uh, Dustin, I want to get a bit more into how you got into all of this. So you kind of found your niche with architecture and some history surrounding uh, these stories and specifically in Buffalo. But how did you get into the, the whole alternate history scene and uh, these interests you know, in the first place? Or how, how did this strike your interest? So I always had a keen, informa- or a, keen, a keen sense of like trying to find the fundamentals of stuff. I think that's why I gravitated towards astronomy and not just astronomy, like the fundamentals of it, you know, like what dark matter is and yeah. all that stuff. Um, are you guys, are, I know Aaron says that he is, are you familiar with Quantum of Conscience, Matt? Yes. He's the... F- yeah. No, I've heard the term. I forget what it is. Well, oh, it's a guy on YouTube. Oh, it's a guy. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I, I recommend that. that channel. Excuse me. Uh, okay. I first that channel's heard, great. Yeah, definitely. I first heard the terminology, Aaron, actually from Matt. Um, I first heard Tartaria. As crazy as that sounds, from Matt, and I think that Matt. Okay. I'm like, what is this? I looked it up one time, and I'm like, yeah, this looks retarded. I need, and then I went, and then I literally I stopped. And I'm like. And then I heard somebody else mention it, 
other than Matt, or I was like, you know how like you fall asleep listening to something in the auto place? Like that's how I originally found Owen was like literally like those when he was doing that uh Leonardo DiCaprio breakdown. They would just autoplay. They were pumping his stuff back in the day. So they either autoplayed to like because Matt said that or, or maybe Martin Liedka or Philip Druzinin or Michelle. So I just happenstance happened upon one of those channels, bro. Uh, like either it was Michelle Gibson or Philip Druzinin, the Russian. And I spoke, I, I've had uh, episodes with both of these, these uh, and autodidactic also. And I'm, I'm humbled, all because I sent an email, you know, don't, oh, don't awesome. ever be afraid to, to send an email and say hello. And I like your work, you know, or leave a comment and everything. That's how I got in touch with these guys. So I just eventually started uh, watching them real in depth and Martin Liedka. And it was fascinating to me to see that at the same time where I was breaking away from the astronomy spell in space, you know, because you're thinking that exploration is closed off and it's like, no, it like opened up like infinitely to me. Like, it's like, that was a red herring. In my opinion, space is a red herring. Like, look here, not here. Because where I'm walking on the stuff that I'm researching as far as at least the architecture and infrastructure here in, in Buffalo. So yeah, that was kind of the nexus of it. I heard about it from Matt. Uh, I started looking at those channels, and they were putting out such good research about what Antiquitech is. This stuff looks like it could be batteries, and it just completely changed. It was definitely like a fusion of the um, different philosophical belief of the, the creation of this place and seeing things in a new light, like this architecture. Like, how was I not seeing this before? So, yeah, and then the, I started seeing of, it in Buffalo and I'm like, I felt compelled to start just taking video of it and kind of mimicking what I was seeing them do. And certain channels were doing a little bit of boots on the ground, like John Levi and stuff. So, you know, you do what you like. The one thing you just mm -hmm. said that I love is um, where you're like, I thought exploration was closed off to me because that's how I always felt, too. It was like, oh, everything on Earth is already just we know it all. And space is the only thing and i'm not an astronaut so it kind of actually like closes your brain almost like it really does it makes it like so nothing special or unique and then the only thing that is they make complex enough that like you can't conceive of it where it's like oh yes we with our telescope we're seeing 80 billion light years away and you're like uh, okay well i can't do that so <laughs> you just kind of close off but read my um, but read my formula though, right quick. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's exactly how it is. It's it's crazy because like um, that I, how I like got into conspiracies was just stumbling across Owen, uh, listening to the Dick Show, and then I got into like fake history, you know, or alternate history, um, <laughs> because I reverse engineered it. Like I was always those that like nerd that thought like I was going to get my memories downloaded into my brain at some point or a couple generations from me are going to get to do that and then, then simulation bro well no not simulation <laughs> i thought that like so this one's kind of weird but i always assumed that like because i always tried to think what who am what am i um and i always i came to the conclusion that i am my memories like everybody is just their memories because like I, I was like if i woke up tomorrow in like a black chick's body, but I knew everything that I know, I wouldn't go, oh my God, I'm, who am I? I would go, oh my God, why is me, Aaron Madison, in this random body? 
And it's because I have the same memories. Like if I woke up tomorrow with amnesia, I feel like I'm a different person then. That's how I felt about it before when I okay. was before I was a conspiracy theorist. And I figured if you they could take all of your memories and just put it in a new body, find a way to interface your brain with like a memory chip and be able to put your memories in a chip, then that was what how we would achieve immortality. So this was how I had thought about well, it. Well, lucky lucky for uh past lucky for past Aaron, Chase Bank is investing a ton of money into quantum computing, which will be the key to a uh, fully mapping the brain, every every synapse in the brain, so that we can possibly download and recreate your your consciousness. We can't. They're always lying about what they can do. <laughs> they have they're not even close. Whoa, 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 whoa. Did you not hear me say the word quantum before you, the word computing? Uh, that you know what? That means it's way smarter than I am, and I should just believe anything they say with it. You're right. But so uh, yeah. I reverse engineered my way back to history though, because it started with that, and then I then Owen Benjamin just the I don't know what it was the way he talked about the moon landing I was like it like snapped in my head I'm like holy shit the moon landing is the fakest thing I've ever seen so then I I had to go from I'm gonna be an immortal spaceman to moon landing isn't even real and if that's not real then I saw the all the stuff with the ISS like bubbles in space and dropping screws and I'm like I don't even think those motherfuckers are in fucking orbiting the planet I don't even know what the ISS is so then it just kept going backwards. Like, what in history is fake? And now it's like, you know, what we're doing shows on how, like, AIDS. We just did the AIDS episode. AIDS is pretty damn fake. Like, HIV AIDS. The HIV AIDS epidemic in the 80s is definitely, like, one of the yes. fakest things. And what we've been doing on the show has been going back to standard things that have been taught in, like, national um, elementary school, like, curriculum, basically. Like, the Dust Bowl... Uh, like all these like small things that they tell us one thing and, and it's obviously yeah, and, and oil and stuff and how all these things have changed over the years in this small like 15 years since we've been out of those uh, out of those classrooms basically well that that's what really messes me up is like okay so we get to the point where i'm like aids is definitely fake like you i can't be con- unconvinced of that like I, it was the craziest fakest thing i've ever seen and that happened just now like as far as history is concerned that just happened while we're alive and that is not even the thing that's accepted as etched in stone truth is not real at all so go back 800 years how am i supposed to believe that that, i I can't just take their word for that that's got to be like way off so then it got me really interested in like cathedral old cathedrals like i love thinking of that and whenever i see this old architecture that i just don't think the people had the capabilities of or uh i don't think it was built the way they said it was that's kind of when i use the word tartaria um and that's what got me interested in that it went from immortal spaceman all the way to i did like biblical giants build this cathedral like i'm it gets like real weird you know it's gravy so yeah mm-hmm <laughs> Pure gravy, Jesus. <laughs> but like, love it for you guys. Like, okay, so Dustin and I are obviously moon pilled as hell. It's like, we're the weirdo conspiracy conspiracy theorists of the group. Like, what level of? How dare you? Now you know we've been doing the show for a year now. We pretty consistently. It's pretty awesome. And then like, so Josh, like, I think before we started the show, 
I feel like this was almost more of like a a zoo project so you could just look at me freak <laughs> out. But like I feel like you've <laughs> evolved into from a zero conspiracy guy to a at least like you're on board with the government scams and stuff. Like where what how far do you think you've changed down the conspiracy road just by doing the show for a year? Yeah, so I, I just wasn't privy to a lot of this stuff before uh, and like hadn't looked into, you know, hadn't looked into or questioned any, any of these fundamental things I've been taught or told over the years. And for, for things like the government, too, um, you know, of course, the government isn't our friends, but and of course, they they're you know, conspiring behind the scenes and whatnot. But I, I was at the level where I was you know pretty easily uh, able to get on board with uh, you know a political party if they said the right things for a few months straight. So like it, from from that level to to now, um, you know, now it's uh, yeah, it's not as much straight conspiracy as it is. Uh, everyone's conspiring all the time or, you know, the, the everyone who has financial interest is conspiring all the time. And uh, nothing is the complete story, and it usually ends up with uh, everyone looking shitty on all sides, not um, some you know magical heroes and villains. Uh, like you know, the look at 9/11 in the Middle East is a good good example of uh, th- that thing where we have our our you know boogeyman Osama bin Laden and our our heroes, the CIA and uh, the, the army and whatnot. So like it's it's just effectively not everything. So. Um, uh, one-sided or black and white and uh, the, the the motivation to be skeptical and look into things that's that's kind of my my uh, transformation as it were for the the short descriptor of that is josh is now a uh he's like at the level of conspiracy he's like a a tea party libertarian conspiracy level like <laughs> everything's a financial scam which there, that's a lot of it's true but <laughs> I'd say Josh is like a three out of ten on like the uh, the gravy meter. <laughs> I mean, like, what's that on on a scale? Absolutely, or a scale like compared to everyone else? Well, like ten is like the schizo guy that's like he can't stop talking about it. Like he, he he's just like ah, they're coming to get us, and they have energy weapons, and they're talking aliens from other dimensions. Like that's yeah. A 10. If, if you're if you think you're getting gang stalked, then you're definitely like up there. <laughs> I got the documents. <laughs> yeah, if you're the I got the documents guy. <laughs> okay, and I, I would like everyone to know out there that I would uh, not like to be associated with either the Tea Party or the Libertarian Party, but. You know, that's neither here nor there. Well, no, that's good to be no, said. just the level of conspiracy. That's that's a good point <laughs> yeah. to mention, though, because, you know, with the whole government thing, dude, I don't think necessarily think they're all out to get us. Honestly, on, on a certain level, I think that they, the government is a necessary evil of a, like that slow-moving leviathan picking up people that don't need, that don't want to do anything anymore. And I think a lot now with, this whole, with this whole major hyper-capitalist system, I think that it's the corporations now and on a certain level, the government is almost trying to wrench and keep our freedoms on a certain level against these international corporations that have now globalized everything. Um, so, I, you know, and it comes down to everybody's individual morality and people are always on the take. You want to say honey potted here and there or whatever. Um, but I think that a certain who knows what government is right, man. Is it the feudalistic like, you know monarchs and kingdoms of back in the day or communism or, or capitalism they all have their um faults but at a certain level i think it's necessary and um now it seems more corporate uh corporatized uh society if you will and 
almost to a point where it's like the government's trying to hold on to some freedoms where that corporation, that globalist corporation or corporation um, influence is trying to take your freedoms away, you know, through through wizardry, if you will. The government's trying to go hold on to some control and it has influence and control over people uh, by the, the social contract of granting them freedoms. But uh, so that's the, you know, slight like the pessimistic take on that. It, it's um, almost like the yeah. government is just enough. You're at like the fact that you have to pay them off as a corporation. <laughs> it's just enough bureaucracy and red tape to slow down how quickly corporations become like their own monarchy kingdoms just without territory. Yeah, it just becomes you know, it becomes it comes down to like who's the biggest game in town. You know, like you got it. And that's where like, you know, I agree with what Owen says. I don't mind paying taxes to, um, you know, whatever. Like if if that's what it is where I don't have to worry about, um, you know, Javier or a drug lord coming over and taking over my my field or whatever, and I got to pay half a tribute of my my shit to him. Uh, at that level, I'll, I'll pay those taxes in that system, and I'll be in, not of, you know, um, just to, uh, I guess, avoid that anarchy element of stuff that can happen. I guess if you remove the government aspect, yeah, that, it's know. like uh, it's like literally mafia style. Um, it's like mafia style protection money. The government's just a giant mafia protecting you from like colombian drug cartels coming in like they can't quite get do that they can't just start machine gunning people down if like the government because the government exists i'll tell you what that's a right. good it's, that's a good way to um that that in that light you can kind of respect and i've always had that respect not i'm not abiding certainly like what the cartels do uh, whatsoever but what i'm saying is in that in that light um i guess you can have a certain type of respect for what for example like like the Italian Omerta and like the Black Hand, because they only keep it about their business, and they know the game. They know that the government is the other big is the biggest game in town, and they're and they're just trying to get there. So at a certain level, I have a respect for that. I certainly don't condone what they do, albeit they do only dispatch their own, as they say. I can't condone the killing of another human being, obviously, but when you can uh, understand that, like we just. Like what you just said, you know, that the government's the biggest game in town and you got to pay, you know, pay, pay the toll. Um, the mafia knows that, you know, the, the Jews know that who, uh, who are good with the money. Oh, gee, that, you know what I mean? It is what it is. <laughs> I mean, literally, you know, it is what it, it's like your attributes as a culture, you know. Um, and I've always respected that even about the Jews, too, about the Italians. You know, I have a, a lot of respect for that because it's like we have our thing and they even say that. We know that you. We know that you're the biggest game in town, government or whatever. Uh, we're gonna try to do our thing, and you know, catch me if you can. There's a certain respect that you gotta have for that, you know. It really is just like a bunch of crime families going back and forth. Uh, Bob, so you, where are you conspiracy wise when you started the show as opposed to now? Well. Well, I guess like a few years ago, I was where Josh is now. Like I was like the the anti-government libertarian being like, it's all a scam. They're all trying to fleece you for money and shit like that. And then but that's, uh, that's always been me. But, just a you know, bit more informed. now. Yeah, I, I think the, the crux for me was um, when I moved back to town. Um, I, no, it wasn't when I moved back to town, but I was hanging out with my dad one night. We were drinking. And I, I just randomly asked him about the Kennedy assassination. I was like, you know, we, everyone has like this <laughs> overall kind of understanding, especially like younger kids like me. Like I was born 
in the late 80s like i i didn't catch any of this stuff and you know like all i know is all the women were crying uh when they heard jfk was shot everyone remembers where jf uh where they were when jfk was shot and i was like okay so i got drunk with my dad and we talked for two hours about how people either like just died randomly got cancer died or just like got assassinated immediately after being associated with all that shit and then i started deep diving a lot of other like government conspiracies uh what was it 9-11 was like the next big one so i think now um i don't know i haven't touched my toe into like the occult level and i'm pretty sure like most like i'd say like two-thirds of science is like uh pretty much a scam at this point just to push a narrative in like some like well the uh, like social well, the, engineering the story yeah the official so. story is that 50 percent of studies are not uh replicatable so like yeah. two-thirds you're you're a you know throw another 10 15 percent on there and <laughs> okay yeah sorry <laughs> you're barely biased at all <laughs> yeah yeah my trust is yeah to hear yeah. you guys say that is so refreshing honestly if you guys you know just been uh doing this stuff for deep diving for a year and uh you guys are really starting to because it's a hard spell to break guys you know and i'm not saying i'm right you're wrong and you know i'm sure aaron comes off like that also this is some serious dogma, dogmatic stuff we're breaking here from like elementary school. And uh, oh, even yeah. even to be able to get yourself to a point where you can actually look it up to think about it is a really tough step. And uh, if you guys did that, not only in, you know went through that uh, and seriously seriously questioning a lot of the fundamental stuff that we've been taught about on a on a just a very um, you know general level. Uh, Good on you, and it, like I said, it's it's refreshing to hear that because you look around, you know, and see people going with the flow and stuff. It could be disheartening, but to hear some guys like you and uh, talk about this back and forth that it's you're, you're deep diving it. It's so cool. Uh, um, again, I'm thank thank you for having me on the show, and this is some serious gravy. But it's 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 I, I really enjoy <laughs> oh, hearing yeah, this uh, this type of conversation. Very cool. One of the things that's crazy is just how many normal people are like incapable of hearing something that they don't agree with and then just list like just listening to it for a second objectively and then being like, maybe I'll look into that. Like 90% of people are like, what? I heard something I disagree with and fucking freak out. Like, and uh, they, they don't even have the courtesy to lie to your face and say, oh, I'll check that out later. Leave a tab open on their phone for a month and then close it out and never think about it again. But at least they didn't shout in your face and uh, be closed minded. Yeah, but I love how you can tell that Dustin doesn't know me very well because he has suggested that I don't come off like I know everything. <laughs> <laughs> Probably one of my key attributes is that I come off like an arrogant prick, an arrogant, stubborn prick that thinks he knows more than everybody <laughs> i didn't get that vibe at all homie uh, that's because i'm being nice to you cause I, that's because i just met you i'm trying to make a good impression i'm on this is well behaved aaron well y'all i'll definitely be coming think, back on again so we, uh, yeah that'd be awesome for sure I, I think on on your point um like having people break out of this mindset uh the the more uh there's a lot of topics like even just questioning the the official narrative will spend send people into a spiral of rage being like how could you not believe this one thing like and it happens a lot i'm assuming with you guys with like the flat earth stuff and oh this that's is, the biggest one for that 
Yeah, because like people will literally like they'll they'll get like foaming mad in in arguments about uh, like flat earth. They're like, no, you're just stupid and wrong. And it's just like, okay, well, let's continue to talk about it. They're like, no, it's a waste of time. And it's like the the more uh, against they are about like the 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 discussion in general, that that's like the biggest red flag for it should be for anyone that there's there's something that needs to be discussed here, something that needs to be researched here, and the. More and more and more in today's society, especially with all the propaganda going on, like you see that more and more and it's it's getting it's too hard to notice. Like you have very poor pattern recognition if you don't see this at like increasing year by year in like yeah. modern media. The emotional like response to hearing something you disagree with. Like, I think that yes. was one of the ones that uh, I think I got this from Matt from Quantum of Conscious. Uh, he. He was like the more visceral of an emotional response that you have to something when somebody says it. Like if you somebody says something and you disagree with it and the more visceral your emotional response is, the angrier you are. That means you actually understand less about the subject and it's more of a an opinion that got implanted in you. Like you're an just acquired heard, opinion. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's just like you just absorbed it like osmosis, but you don't really you never actually looked into it. You just know it is true because it ends up being like a faith based opinion, basically. And it's the same with like when somebody's like, well, God says, if you don't say Yahshua and you say Jesus instead, then that means you're going to hell or like, you know, <laughs> and they freak out and you were like, well, did God tell you this directly? And they're like, you don't know. Yeah. And they fucking freak out. It's like a faith based belief when you have a, just a purely faith based belief and you can't listen to it and you just get angry. You probably don't know what the fuck you're talking about. You should probably like calm down for a second. That's a really good point, dude, because they, for example, the earth thing. And, uh, when you try to explain it, whatever, normie. And, um, <laughs> They don't even know what they're defending. If you ask them, what's the circumference of the Earth? What, what's how far are we away from? How fast is the Earth rotating? Or what's the revolutionary speed around the Sun? You're def you're you're telling me I'm wrong. Okay, you're defending a model, heliocentric model, uh, whatever. You don't even know why you think the Earth is right. What's the like speed? I, what's the speed of the rotation? How, what's the tilt off axis? The devil. I, I always said the flat defense. Earthers. Flat Earthers know the heliocentric model way better than people that believe the heliocentric model it's like every aspect of it like a spell. And all the dumb occult numbers that are put in it and everything it's like uh they know ev I, like i know every detail of that shit i never knew that when i assumed the earth was around me neither that's another like weird one is like this is why i think it's like important to even to look at even if i'm fucking wrong even if, the, if we live on a spinny ball and i'm totally wrong about this and fine if i find that out i'll be like, yeah, cool. Like, if I get to take my trip to space and it was all real, then I'll be like, wow, that blew my mind. <laughs> with Elon? You're going to go with Elon? Yeah, when Elon gets us there, I always make fun of that because Elon and Bezos are getting us to the moon by 2024. I can't wait for that. New Year's Eve 2025, we're having that special episode. Yeah, we're going to have a live stream format and uh, we're going to have, it's going to be amazing. And they're <laughs> party for the ages. Extremely down. They're extremely phallic oh, looking uh, rockets. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Didn't go impregnate that egg in the sky. Aer aerodynamic. That was actually a hot topic recently with um, uh, Jeff Bezos. His new rocket ship looked like uh, straight up like a cock and balls. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's it did. it's all sexual, guys. It's all sexual. It's <laughs> unbelievable. That's why you got dudes like Martin Geds or whatever on Twitter calling it like a like a satanic death cult, like straight up, just like blatantly saying like. And I hate to say they or whatever, man, but it's all sexual. It is. It. Oh yeah. It's unbelievable. It's really like you're like actually run by a bunch of like satanic pedophiles. Allegedly. It's weird. Allegedly. Yeah, yeah. Could it be? <laughs> I'm speculating, but it, it appears to be the, that the world is run by a cult of satanic pedophiles. Dude, I understand. And then when BB's like, I don't, I'm out of, you know, I can understand when he say like, you know, what, you know, whatever, because like I'm to the level, like even with my research, I don't want to present myself as a target, you know? So that's like the whole thing about thinking of it biblically, you know, the, theologically speaking, you know, I guess Jesus turned the other cheek because I don't, the, the, you have to come to the concept of, or you should get yourself to a level of like, there's always going to be a dark side of the yin and the yang. And if you endeavor to try to go against it, you set yourself up to become a part of, I believe like that whole thing of, uh, if you stare into the abyss long enough, you know, it stares back. There's something to that, you know, like I don't want to be against it. I just want to not be, I just want to not be with it. You know, I, I don't abide it. There's no way I can quell the darkness because there's always a dark side of the yin and the yang. Always, I think that's what the swastika symbol is. So I just want to be. It's a force of nature. Yeah, right. Distinctly, it's like a, a natural apart. element of our existence. Agree. Is to have the light and the darkness, and to to purge the darkness is to not endure the light. I guess. We we talk about that a lot in our friend group because there's a lot of us that at least a handful of us that are really into the idea of all buying property together and start homesteading and getting out of this fucked up system. And there's another handful that are on the fence about it, at least and interested. And it's uh, because you're not going to beat it. Like I can go and let's say I am John, I become John Rambo and I kill every single person in the government. It'll just fill back up with the same people, right. and then I'll be dead. Even if you can, like, even if you can do that, I'm sorry. Even if you can do that, are you prepared to instill the next system? Because if you're not, don't endeavor. Because yeah, there's going to be a vacuum, and what's going to fill that vacuum is probably elements of the same type of thing, or it's going to be you, and you're going to succumb. You know, or you're going to, you know, um, that's the way you're I, not going to beat it. You got to grow through it, literally, and not of you start your own thing. Yeah, bob and weave through Babylon, like I, I like to say it. You know. So, what if you were to keep the same system but just worship Satan a little bit harder than all your competitors? Then you can beat them. Wait, how goddamn fucking it, Josh. dare you? This goddamn, do, yeah, how fucking <laughs> yeah. Dare thank you. you. That's the right. That's the exact right <laughs> response to anything Josh said. <laughs> He does these fucking, fucking deranged woke woke parody takes that are fucking psychotic. This is very no, very but that's satirical. yeah, that, exactly. Is, that's a that's the comedy in it, right? It's very satirical, mm. and you do the complete go go the complete opposite hard, right? And there and like there is the humor. So well done, but yeah, Josh uh, is the show's psyop and local CIA agent. Yeah, <laughs> he's the resident spook. <laughs> It's like a speak the text for like every Vox article that's ever. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh almost, my god, almost spit the coffee out. <laughs> uh, fucking hell, Bob. Okay. What are the chances that you got that 
second vaccine song ready. From I just got it ready, actually. After yeah. fucking just now. I think that is a perfect <laughs> cap to the episode. That and a, and a scientist discovering. Yeah. Gotta, okay. Well, yeah. Let's hit this song real quick here. You won't be able to see it. Justin jamming out over here. Dude, the little like Joe Biden, yeah, it was hear my clarinet. That was crushing it, dude. <laughs> was that a clarinet I, at the end? I think it's like it's just a synthesizer, right? Probably. It, it, the audio quality is just so bad on it. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that that too. It's hard to like make out real sounds. Okay, Ugh. fuck them for ruining that song. Because that, that synthesizer part is probably the best synthesized like solo ever. It's so it's like iconic, and then they just ruined it with. Okay, couple things. Joe Biden, hear my prayer. Are you fucking <laughs> kidding me? These people One of the most are insane deriding. lyrics ever written in the history of songs. We have Pope Fauci. Then who who is he reporting Fausti to? Fauci, obviously. Yeah. The man on high. Fausti. You have to go through Fauci to ask Joe Biden for forgiveness. Yeah, what's going on with the dinos, the dragons on the screen? Oh, you like that? This is our oh science says oh, segment. Amazing. <laughs> Dragons. So, Scientists discover. But like, whatever. For some dinosaurs, the Arctic may have been a great place to raise a family. Dude, that was another, <laughs> like, seriously, that was another gut-wrenching thing, man. No more dinosaurs. It's like, oh, but here's the deal, guys. Here's the deal. It, they could have been, you know, it's not like you're quelling. Uh, it's like, possibly they might have been dragons. You know, it's not like we're stifling the 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 um, that research, like we were saying with Aaron, not the research, but like exploration, if you will, or like archaeologists yeah, not- are finding something. You know, and allegedly the Smithsonian has a whole bunch of shit. So it's like, what the f- you know, what the fuck are they hiding? Well, you can't look See, at it though, because Jones Warehouse. Well, dra- dra- dragon bones are radioactive, so you can't look at any of them. Yeah, allegedly. <laughs> yeah, they probably exactly that's what they probably are. Or it's like, you know, what was uh, Greek fire and all that stuff, a closely guarded secret and everything like what is in the Smithsonian, you know, the giant bones they found here, allegedly that Abraham Lincoln talked about in America and like the mound builders are, are allegedly tombs for giants here in America. You guys hear that story about that army detail that allegedly ran into a giant the Afghanistan giant. Yeah, allegedly. I've heard that one before. That's crazy. Wait, that, these, I, I have what? not. No. Yeah, what is this story? Okay, you have so, you have to oh, go out, go ahead. Yeah, out in Afghanistan, this this like regiment of troops were going up in this hill and apparently a 
the the story is and a bunch of them attested that a giant came out and just like impaled one of the dudes and they all had to just like unload their clips in, into him and then he died that one one thing i have i haven't gotten to look enough into it just but it's more interesting than i thought it would be because i thought that sounded pants on head retarded when people so, are like, so this oh, is yeah, a, a recent recent thing like a you know last 20 years yeah thing. like, like 20 like 2002 or something yeah like 2006 there. something like that like what they were doing was they were actually dispatched to go in after a team that disappeared a te- there was a team yeah, there yeah, was a detail that okay. went into these mountains and they disappeared and they went off of uh radio call whatever Polyphemus's cave. Yeah, so they had you got to go, you know, a military. I'm not of military. I wasn't in the military, but if you know, if the team goes goes off, you know, AWOL off off of radar, you got to go in there after him and find out what the hell happened. Yeah, so yeah. So they were there was this team going in there after one that went off of radar or went off of radio uh, contact, and they happened into this came into this pass where they were they were on a cliff, but they were coming around a pass and they noticed like equipment on the ground, like they were hit. They thought that there had been an animal attack. Maybe an animal got the better of the, the, the team or whatever. Because it looked like there was stuff sh- shoveled around. But as they came around the corner, there was like a cave. And they started seeing one of the soldiers recognized walkie-talkies of his dude, you know. And then, like, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, this, like, 15, 12, 15-foot human-looking thing with red hair came out with a big-ass... Um, spear and um attacked them like faster than they would have thought a big thing like that could have and they were unloading their mr-16s on them and he was able to impale one like they they were they actually interviewed one these guys like directly face to face and they like we were talking about originally they blurred out his face and his his um yeah so you know you kind of get that genuine thing like this guy's not not lying he's talking like a military dude like he fucking seen some serious shit and he's recounting it right now. That's how I got the feeling of it, right? And um, like allegedly, this twelve foot thing came out, red hair, and um, was able to get one of the dudes and literally impale him and pick him up on his stake. And one of them, because it's like muscle memory, he was like he was explaining it like he was recounting muscle memory. That's why it's like this guy seems like it really happened, but who knows? Anyway, and then one of them, he wasn't going down. Like four or five guys unloading on the student. One of them said, "On the face, hit him in the face." So they all started unloading on his face. Now here's the deal, too. Not only that, that they killed him and they had to remove him. So there's not only the the uh, um, like um, testimony from the actual dudes who were there, but like the pilot who had to fly him out, right? Because they had to account for his weight um, on the plane, and you know you're. With compartment with okay. compartmentalization in the military, it's certainly understandable how you can have your uh, your your authority or your uh, CO coordinating officer, whatever they call it, commanding officer. Have you signed a a thing where you know whatever they call it, you don't say anything. Non-disclosure. Yeah, yeah. Non-disclosure, especially in the military, it's even more magnified. And then um, you don't hear about it until ten, fifteen years later, and then it's like already downstream, you know. So. The, That's uh, some gravy. The the thing with giants that got me interested is like old nineteen like early nineteen hundreds pictures of like there's like ones of like these African tribesmen like the there's like chick these chicks standing next to these other chicks and like dude I the like the girl there she doesn't look like she has like giantism like you know you guys like a 
eight foot tall guy and he just looks like fucked up. Like he looks like he's made out of tumors. Unproportionate. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's not like that. They look proportional and they're like, this girl would probably make LeBron James look small. That's like, that's the thing that she's like, they said about this giant coming out of the cave. Like he was nimble. Like you wouldn't think he'd be yeah, moving like, that fast. It just looks like a nine foot tall woman. Like it, it was like crazy looking some of these old photos and it, seem more prevalent with these like 1900s photos and it and there's some features I, I have to too. look into it more because i don't want to like make any claims when i can't no, prove anything no, yeah, there's um, some th- there was a there's a good series on mysterious universe recently um and they they were talking and going over a lot of the cover-ups of uh, finding giant bones across the world and uh th- there are a handful of actual uh, pictures and um like relatively specific measurements from uh, some of these researchers or people who had dug up the bones before they were, you know, picked up by some government agency to take it to the Smithsonian. Yeah, that's yeah. interesting. What they were saying, so there, there's some relatively convincing stuff. There are specific characteristics of them too, where they have some of them have like double rows of teeth and six digits instead of five. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'd heard about the the six fingers, but I hadn't heard about the double, double rows, rows of teeth. teeth. Okay. Yeah, and another researcher to look up too, who does a little bit of alt history, but who does the elongated skulls of Paracas down in South uh, South America. He he does mega he does yeah. megalithic research also, but he also does the elongated Paracas skulls. His name's Brian Forrester, and uh, I highly recommend him for because that's another thing that you incorporate to this giant thing is those ones with the elongated skulls because we're those giants also. They're not they're not head binded, you know, and they actually have different suture marks. These Paracas skulls. Okay. So that's something that's really weird. I'm not sure if those. are... I don't think that those have been confirmed to be um, fake. So those he's still looking at. He does a lot of uh, extensive research on that. But yeah, it it and then you know you, you incorporate so even incorporate like Magellan and Drake who were taught about that uh, sailed ar- around the southern tip of um, South America and Patagonia. Now they're sailing on commission from the monarchs. You know that's generally that's known, right? And they were tasked to mm-hmm. find you know whatever plunder. Uh, find new new land, you know, um, parts unknown. They wanted to go to the parts unknown places and, and chart new areas. That's what they were commissioned to do. So they wouldn't, in my opinion, they wouldn't be recounting lies back to the monarch. Both Drake and Magellan recounted meeting Patagon giants in their uh, explorations, especially when they went down past uh, South America, Patagonia. They literally say that they have met Patagons. And it's recounted in their actual, their diaries. So I say. I've never heard that. That's really interesting. I say, yeah, because they don't teach it. It's not, it's, they see that they were the first sailors, but they don't teach the little. Um, uh, yeah, really. It's like, like, like two that. sentences in the history I mean, book. The, exactly. The tales of giants goes back in. How would they lie? A lot of different religions too. If, yeah. So if like, they were lying about that, they would have been like off with their head. You know, you're going to lie back to the king. They, in my opinion, they're going to be recounting <laughs> what they've seen. You know, I. Some people say that they did that to get tourism to that area or populate that area. That's why they, that's what I think that's what the mainstream says to kind of discount that. But that's bullshit because they're, you're recounting back to the, to the monarchy. You're, you're not going to lie. You're going to be, you'll be. Well, you could see them lying to like get fame. They are like, well, the king's never going to get to check it out. But like, I, the w- weird thing is because like I, everybody knows by now I'm a flat earther and it's like, um, so then that actually brought me to from the, you know, yeah, immortal spaceman theory to uh, like, oh shit, the Bible's 100% real. So that brought me like back man. to being religious. And now I'm like, 
uh, are giants real? And are those like remnants of like Nephilim or something that <laughs> like were left over after the flood? And that's like legitimately like people with like fallen angel blood, <laughs> you know, like, and it sounds insane to me saying that, but it's, it's not, it might be real. Yeah. Have you guys ever heard of um, Bruce Campbell? He was a religious scholar, and a lot of his work actually was connecting the dots between... Army of Darkness. No, uh, no, no, no. no. Not that Bruce Campbell. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Is it a different person? I was thinking Joseph Campbell. Joseph Campbell. Campbell. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. uh, (laughs) Oh, my God. Sorry. Big brain fart there. No, he he (laughs) connected... All the dots between all the religions and like all the similarities and oh, all yeah. the the um, the heroes I tale. I read a little bit of the book, but I have it right here. Yeah, he goes in on how all the religions tell basically the same stories, just in like different, um, like in, in a different setting, and that goes a lot <clears throat> back to talking about giants and stuff like that. Um, there are recounting stories of giants throughout multiple different religions, uh, notably Thor slaying the giants in Norse mythology and, and things like that. So, I mean, there's not like, yeah, like if you're gonna, if you're gonna take anything from that, like that is, uh, man, that could be, holy shit. Oh, awesome. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, like. There, there could giant be... Giant Slayer X right there. Holy fuck. Oh, it's got the Norse runes and shit on it? That's actually awesome. That looks like a... I, I My great-grandfather was born in is Oslo, a... Norway. Oh, oh nice. awesome. Oh, is that was from that? Like a that? figure eight Ouroboros? Or was that like the D&D 3rd edition uh, <laughs> it's symbol? <laughs> it's the, it's the Norse... Shot. Sorry, the little, little figure eight... Norse symbol. Okay. You know, it's the Norse symbol, and it's actually kind of... Uh, Play after it's the it's the swastika effectively it's the infinite symbol of the of uh, Ursa Major going around the north oh, the North Pole. It's symbolize it's it's all it's all back to farming. Yeah, it's all in my opinion. So when you say oh, awesome. when you say flat Earth, Aaron, I don't subscribe to being a flat earther. Um, you know, to I, I call myself a realm earther, and I'll explain that. Like I think to incorporate the firmament of heaven and Shoal of the underworld, okay, and even in Norse mythology, even the other realms, the entire system itself could very well be spherical, you know. And when these psychopaths like Neil Tyson or Keiku say that the world's round, in their comic sense, they might not be lying, right? Because the entire system might be might might be round, maybe. But I believe the terra firma that we're on, the the land that we're on, and the and the water that surrounds us is definitely flat for sure like it, from what i've seen in the experiments done with lasers and the sun seems to be going away uh mm-hmm. what we're on as far as the terra firma in my opinion here's flat yes it undulates with uh mountains and stuff but um yeah yeah but no there's no curvature so, like I, I i agree with that that's the only thing I, that i actually claim is that there's no curvature so i that's why I don't think we live on a spinny ball. Yeah, definitely don't believe. I think it's static. I think it's as um, as Genesis says, you know, per my faith. But, you know, I don't really know what it is. That's what I'm saying. When I say, not that I'm taking anything away from you saying that you're a flat earther. I'm kind of just busting your balls. No, no, no. But, I, it's more accurate that I would say I just don't believe in the spinny ball. Yeah. I that's can't why make I say, a claim on what right, I think it is. That's why I say realm earther because it's more like a realm to me and they're, 
and the way the Norses, they have different realms, like you just said, like the um, like the realm of the giants and the uh, the realm of the eternal frost and the uh, the flame giants. There's different realms, and like you just said earlier, it just seemed we all seem to be describing something, the same thing in a different way, seeing seeing the same thing in a different way. And I think the polyistics or the polyistic religions and um, those could be stemming from dogmatic tribal stuff that just get magnified over time. And what if time mm-hmm. itself, instead of 6K years of recorded history, what if that's grabbled? Because they always try to break it down into smaller and smaller cubits, smaller and smaller, like even down to the, your, your cubicle, you know? What if it's more like 60K years and these old religions are, like the one law is the common denominator brought forward through human example setters, maybe from Maui to Odin. You know, and they they just get turned into demigods over time. And Jesus Christ was our our savior. I mean, for for me, I don't know. I'm still working on that, but it's all gravy. <laughs> yeah, now we'll have to do deep dive, deep dive into that at some point in the future. I think we should uh, uh close. Well, out I do want to know these... why oh, why the Arctic is a great place for a dinosaur family. That the, yeah, the, the nuclear just discover. <laughs> yeah, the nuclear uh, dinosaur family. It's like uh, they got the white picket fence. Is literally the Antarctic wall. So the velociraptor uh, kids. Yeah, according to the article, hundreds of bones and teeth found along the uh, some river in northern Alaska belong to dinosaur hatchlings. Researchers say so. They actually have a kind of they have a picture of these fossils, bones, and teeth that they're basing this judgment on. And I I just love this is it, guys. This is like the scale. It has a 19 millimeter scale at the very <laughs> bottom of it, and these are the fossils that they found, which is a collection of shark teeth. <laughs> Oh, and, wait, wait. so 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 that's that's two centimeters which is less than an inch yeah. <laughs> Jurassic yeah. park you know oh um, think, the biggest so the whole collection is less than an inch long <laughs> no <laughs> yes a chinaman so they found China pebbles Midland. they found they, yeah they found some like shark teeth basically <laughs> They found something you might not even choke on if you were if they were you know what you were eating. Uh, if you, you want the it. biggest truth drop go. in uh, in Jurassic Park, it's uh, it's very subtle. You guys will never miss it now, ever. The next time you watch Jurassic Park, the first time you see the Asian uh, eugenicist dude on screen or in the actual lab, maybe not on screen. I forget now, but I think it's the first time you see him on screen. He's erasing a mistake on his clipboard. Foreshadowing. It's a mistake. Oh, oh. Like the first time the first the thing. Time, the first time he appears in screen when he's in the lab, when they go in to see the actual hatching of the egg, he's erasing on his clipboard, indicating he just made a mistake. Right? And boom, extrapolate that to the whole thing. It's a mistake. Uh yeah, they're like, oh, now they're actually feathered birds. Uh, yeah. Yeah, let, let me, or just trying to harness it. The end, to of a, end of the article. Okay, cool. Uh, they may have fought the cold with insulating feathers or some degree of warm-bloodedness, and the herbivores might have hibernated or eaten rotten vegetation when fresh food diminished in the dark months. So this is this is based on finding a dozen, a dozen <laughs> bone fragments that are less than an inch together stacked end to end those might be two inches and obviously them eating the detrit or eating that stuff turns into the, what detritus and that's where oil comes from 
Of course. Yeah. I, oh, yeah. We went all <laughs> over how oil is uh, definitely dinosaur not dinosaur blood. blood. <laughs> I'm glad you're such an informed geochemist and aware of you know, how that's the, that was to create the that was to lay out the whole scarcity thing. You know, scarcity, yeah. scarcity. Like it's going to run out. You guys got to, <laughs> you guys get to give up more freedoms, guys. We've got to take care of you. Yeah, dude, peak oil any day now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, we're about we're almost there. We're no, almost in high school, I remember in high school, literally my high school teacher was saying peak oil, like, oh, we're going to run out of oil in 20 years. And I'm thinking, like, well, what, what, what? I mean, literally in my head, I'm like, well, what are we going to do? Like, we got to do something, right? Like, it's like literally they were giving us, and I don't even know, you know, I'm not saying that that teacher, it's, it was her fault or whatever, you know, she probably believed that, you know what I mean? Like, but man, it's like oh, they were definitely hard on the peer, the, the, the fear porn back then, you know? She still hey. has like a year to be right, though. Like, you're right, right about there. Like, it's, she's got like maybe a year, and maybe if we run out next year, you'll be like, wow, she really knew what she was talking about. <laughs> Don't worry. I'm sure there's more oil somewhere in the Middle East. Somewhere we're, we're, it might take a little bit of digging, a little bit of uh, invading, exploring. Excuse me. Um, but I'm sure we'll find it eventually. Well, Dustin, thank you so much for coming on, dude. That was this was like really fun. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Was it was really fun. It was, uh, the format, the way it was set up, is uh, different than I'm used to with doing my own thing. But uh, thank, this was a great time. Thank you very much. I, I hope to come on again soon. Yeah, We'd love to have nice. you. Oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Glad to have you. <laughs> All, right. All right, guys. Thank you for listening. That was uh, Berserker Bear. Definitely go check out his uh, channel. It was Bushwhacking Buffalo. But Bushwhacking History in Buffalo. Uh, has a picture of a guy on the horse as the thumbnail. If you like John Levy, if you've ever watched like John Levy or Market or Martin Ledke, it, it's very much in that vein of types of channel looking at old buildings and stuff and just kind of speculating about them. So anyways, yeah, thank you again. And uh, everyone, uh, thanks for listening. Have a good night. Whatever, fuck this shit. I have a PlayStation raincoat. You've got mail. What the fuck?